in our study on Hebrews chapter number 11. Our theme for the year has been on the back wall behind me, for we walk by faith, believing God no matter what. And I couldn't, I know Missions Conference or Mission Month came upon us, and uh, I could not let the series end without looking at our passage today and how this ends. You know what I like about Hebrews chapter number 11? In Hebrews chapter 11, you can kind of find yourself uh, in that chapter with somebody. Uh, Sometimes we think, well, uh, uh, I don't know about me. I look at them. They were human beings just like we are. And uh, God included so many people here in the hall of faith, I think, to encourage us and to find somebody that we can identify with. Think about the challenges that Noah had in his day. I mean, they hadn't seen rain before. And God told Noah, you're going to do something, and uh, I'm about to do something through you. And uh, Noah was faithful. Think about the challenges of Abraham and Sarah. You're going to have a child. We're too old for that. Sometimes people think they're too old to serve. Look, you're never too old to serve the Lord, all right? You, you, things change. We change stages in life. But God has a job for all of us until he takes us home to heaven. You ever find yourself mistreated? You think concerning Joseph. Some people say, well, I grew up in a challenging, dysfunctional family. That's, that doesn't mean we have an excuse to not serve God. You can still walk by faith. Joseph did. And we see how God had his hand on Joseph's life. We think about Moses. Moses had to take a stand there in Egypt, identify with God and God's people, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You ever find yourself feeling like, well, I'm just a a filthy, stinking, rotten sinner? Rahab, the harlot. That's how the Bible refers to her. God God puts that uh, 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 with her name. And yet we find her in Hebrews 11. How about Samson? He messed up big time too, didn't he? But we find him in Hebrews 11. Uh, what about Gideon? Boy, he was afraid. You ever go out knocking on doors, you think, man, I'm scared to death. My knees are knocking. I'm just scared to death. Gideon was afraid. God said to Gideon, hey, I got a job for you. He said, I think you got the wrong person. Of course, Moses said the same thing. I think you got the wrong person. How about the illegitimate child Jephthah? We looked at Jephthah and we think, God, look, God can use anybody. God can use anybody that's willing, and anybody that says this, God, I don't have much, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to believe you no matter what. I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to let you use me. And that's what we need. We need individuals that will believe God. You know, believing God is a choice. Well, honestly, it's a choice we make on a regular basis. Uh, you get bad news about something broken down or something that uh, someone doing something, whatever. You got to choose at that point. Am I going to believe God or am I not going to believe God? Well, the devil wants to get us off the ground of faith. He doesn't want us to believe the Lord at all. Um, but God is faithful. And Hebrews chapter 11 is a tremendous chapter. And uh, I want to read the last four or five verses here with us. I want you to follow along as I begin reading in verse number Uh, 35. I want to preach a message that I've entitled, The World Was Not Worthy. Look at verse 35. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with a sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Verse number 38, of whom 
the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Hey, uh, uh, some, verse 39, they received not the promise. They didn't see it come to fruition. In verse number 38, we read that phrase, of whom the world was not worthy. Individuals that were so connected to God, they so walked by faith, they were so heavenly minded, they so believed God. God said the world was not worthy of these individuals. The Apostle Paul said this in the book of Romans, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to do what? To be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Imagine God saying that about you. This individual in 2023 so walked with me and so had my mind and my heart and were so heavenly minded that really the world was not worthy of them to be down there and interact. I want to give you three keys this morning as we wrap this whole series up. You're not going to learn anything new today, I don't think. I'm going to remind you of stuff we know already. I'm going to give you three keys to being someone of whom the world was not worthy. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at these verses. Lord, thank you for the privilege to share your word today. Lord, I recognize if any work's to be done, that you must do it. So, Lord, I pray that you would work in our midst. Lord, I yield myself to you. I pray that you'd have me say only what you'd have me to say, Lord. I pray you'd be glorified. Draw us close to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, I want us to see a key to someone being uh, someone whom the world was not worthy is someone, number one, that expects difficulty. The world defines success with pleasure, prestige, popularity, possessions. The world says, hey, if you got the biggest or the best of this or that, if you make the most money, if you have the most influence, then you are a success. God defines success differently than the world does. And really, success is finding God's will and doing it. And as we look at what God says, I want you to see this. You know, the ladies were singing this this morning about, I want to be like Jesus. When you really think about that song, obviously Jesus came as our example. When you really think about Jesus and what he went through for us, he was despised and rejected. Uh, uh, Yes, he communicated love and tried to help, but in many cases, he was deaf ear. In many cases, people didn't respond to the Lord Jesus. We think about individuals here in the Word of God. I want you to see what the the Bible describes, these these non-named individuals and what they went through. Living by faith, walking with God often brings difficulty. It often brings physical pain. Look at verse number 35, and let's look at these verses. The word tortured there has the idea, it speaks of a wheel, a drum, or a rack on which a person was attached and then stretched until his arms and legs were pulled out of joint. Imagine being spread out 
and being stretched and so that your arms and your legs were pulled out of joint. Now, one commenter say it was a terribly painful and cruel ordeal. Those Old Testament saints were fastened to a device and then a wrench was turned, which caused their joints to be pulled out of their sockets, a method of torture frequently resorted to by Romanists seeking to force Protestants to recant. You see the word scourgings in verse number 36 refers to lashing and whipping the back, which was a most painful experience. We know the Lord Jesus experienced this before he died on the cross. Sentencing, verse 36, the Bible says, uh, uh, the bonds and imprisonments, persecutors, often individuals, and we still see this in our society today, are put on trial and put to prison unjustly. What do they want to do? They want to silence you. Uh, Often, they've sentenced the godliest of people to prison just to keep them quiet. We think of Paul and Silas and the prison experience that they faced in Philippi. In verse number 37, the Bible says they were stoned. Obviously, if Paul was a writer of the book of Hebrews, we don't know that he was, but if he was, he understood about stoning. We know that in the book of Acts, chapter number 7, that Stephen was stoned to death. Imagine people taking stones, a group of people, and throwing them at you until you died. By the way, when I look at the characteristics of these non-named individuals here in Hebrews 11, I don't know about you, but I feel like about this big of a Christian when you look at what they went to. You know, we don't have much to complain about. We really don't. We have it really easy. When we go out on Saturday or or Outreach Sunday, we don't have to worry about uh, knocking on doors and people in the neighborhood picking up rocks and throwing them at us and killing us. The worst thing we have to worry about is someone saying, can you get off my property? They might say a few cuss words, slam a door, and, and yell at us, but that's about it. That's not even mentioned in here. Yeah, I had a few people close the door on them. And they're talking about big stuff here when you think concerning stoning. Look at this. Look at verse 37. Tradition says that this happened to the prophet Isaiah. It was a hideous, barbaric method of execution. The Bible says in verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder. Tradition says that Isaiah was sawn right in half. Can you imagine that? Our minds just think, whoa, this is like a horror film. No, this is in the Word of God. These are the, 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 the physical pain that individuals suffered for the cause of Jesus Christ. Verse 37 says they were slain with a sword, slaughtering of multitudes of Christians. We know John the Baptist was beheaded by the sword. We know in Acts chapter number 12, uh, James was was killed uh, as well by Herod. And you think concerning the physical pain that these individuals suffered. Secondly, not only was there physical, there was verbal abuse. Look at verse number 36. Trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Words, abuseful words, verbal abuse, slander, false accusations, twisting of facts, snide remarks. Uh, this is obviously a mild form of persecution. You know, you grow up, people see sticks and stones hurt my bones or words will never hurt me. That's not true at all. You know, one of the harshest forms 
of, of punishment is, is when people use words. Rejection. And often that's communicated through, through words. And though physical pain affects my physical body, the, the verbal abuse will affect me on the inside and can affect us emotionally. And we think concerning difficulty. Um, by the way, let me just say this. Don't believe everything that you hear. Just because it's on the news doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> there are two sides to every story. Someone come to you and say, did you hear what happened? Take a step back and think, well, there could be two sides to this story. And sometimes we have a tendency to hear one side of the story and believe one side of the story and never get the second. By the way, let me ask you this. Don't you want someone to give you the benefit of the doubt? Sure. Don't believe everything you hear. The devil is really good at twisting things and getting us to believe things about even each other that are not true. But God says, hey, there are some individuals in Hebrews 11 that I'm going to say, that I'm not going to name. I'm just going to describe what they went to for me. You think about the difficulty. How much difficulty are we really willing to go through? You know, sometimes at the slightest little difficulty, we can find ourselves off the ground of faith pretty quickly. Uh, William Tyndale uh, was a one that did... Oh, well, let me read you this first. This came to me last week. So this is September 10th, 2023. Um, Finnish Christians on trial again for biblical worldview. Nigerian Muslims kidnapped seven Christians alive. Uh, a Nigerian clergyman was burned alive. Five pro-life rescuers unjustly face 11 years in prison. What are we describing nowadays? Uh, we're describing when we look at 2023, some of the exact same things. People that are in prison unjustly. People that are being killed. People that are going through, uh, through difficulty in other countries for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. We think about that. William Tyndale, as I said earlier, was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English language. In August 1536, Tyndale was condemned as a heretic. For, for two months, he was kept in prison. Then in early October, he was led from prison to the stake. Formalities include giving him a, a chance to recant. And of course, he wasn't going to recant. And there were witnesses there to watch him die. Secured to the stake, surrounded by brush and logs, Tyndale was heard to pray, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Then the executioner snapped hard on the rope, strangling Tyndale before the blaze consumed his body. Two years after Tyndale's death, King Henry authorized the distribution of the Matthew Bible, much of it Tyndale's work. And then in 1539, all printers and sellers of books were ordered by the king to provide for the free and liberal use of the Bible in our own maternal English tongue. Tyndale's dream had come true. But it came true after his death for the cause of Jesus Christ. You know, we very quickly, someone say, hey, you willing to die for the Lord? Very quickly, we'll raise our hands and say, oh yeah, I'm willing to die for the Lord. I hope I'd be willing to die for the Lord. You never really know that you're in the, the, the situation. But I tell you this, if you're not willing to give somebody a gospel tract for the Lord, I, I question whether you'd be willing to die for the Lord. 
You're not willing to say, you know what, I'm going to make telling people about Jesus a priority in my life. You see, if we're not willing to say, hey, I'm going to get out and I'm going to talk to people about Jesus, I really wonder how surrendered really we are. Think about our lives and compare it with just what we looked at so far. Uh, I'm not sure when we get to heaven, uh, it would be wise for us to find Isaiah. Man, you think you had difficulty. Let me tell you something what I had. You know, I went across the street and he closed the door on me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Here's somebody that was cut in half for the cause of Christ. You see, we have it really, really easy. And God says, hey, there's some people that had it really, really hard. So much so that the world wasn't even worthy of them. Number two, I want you to see this. Not only do we need to expect difficulty, but we need to not give up. Do not give up. Look at verse number 35. The Bible says this, Women received their dead to life again. Others were tortured. Here's our phrase. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. If they gave up, there would have been relief. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's the three Hebrew children. There's a number of people in the crowd. And um, bow down to this statue here. Um, They could have very quickly just kind of bowed, just scratch my, you know, I drop a piece of paper on the ground and, oh, let me get this piece of paper. Nobody would have even known. And they wouldn't have to face, obviously, the fiery furnace. We know God delivered them from the fiery furnace. Had they said, hey, we're just going to cut back just a little bit. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel didn't have to go to the same place, open the windows. He could have still prayed to God with the windows closed. He could have said, you know what, it looks like it's going to rain out there. I'm thinking there's a rain cloud today. Maybe I'll just close the window just a little bit. Nobody would have even known. Hey, they came. He was consistent. He said, you know what, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. And we could go on throughout the scriptures of individuals. James, hey, he could have backed off a little bit. Maybe he wouldn't have been beheaded. We could have just, hey, just, just back off just a little bit. Hey, the scripture says they didn't accept deliverance. As we continue to look, hey, not only could they have relief from torturing, they could have had relief from their poverty. Look at verse 37, what they, they lived with. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with a sword. Here, here's the phrase. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. I'm not thinking that this was the latest fashion clothes. I'm not thinking this was the latest and greatest, right? Sheepskins and goatskins. Um, by the way, they say fashions come around. Maybe sheep skins and goat skins will come back around someday. I don't know. We don't have anything to complain about. Uh, you know, they say when a, when a man says, hey, I don't have anything to wear, uh, a man means that he doesn't have anything clean. Um, when they say a lady doesn't have anything to wear, even though the closet's full, that means she doesn't have anything new. So there you go. I'm going to help you in your marriage here uh, this morning. <laughs> 
I don't think we go home and we find sheepskins. You got some sheepskins in your closet, brother? I don't think we got, no, no, no. We think about what are we looking at? We're looking at poverty. And yet, had they just backed off just a little bit. Look at the words, verse 37, it says, They were destitute, afflicted, tormented. Usually these words would describe the result of fleeing from something or trying to get away. Verse 38, they lived in deserts, in mountains, in caves, in dens, and in caves of the earth. By the way, the next time that you want to complain about your house and uh, what a dump it is, at least it's not a cave, all right? This is not a hole in a rock, okay? Um, The reality is this could have been avoided. You see, they could have had it better. You think about Moses and how much better he could have had if he had just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to uh, be in Egypt and be like Egypt and maybe I'll have a little bit of influence here and there. You see, but no, they, they chose to say, hey, I'm going to believe God. Hey, I'm going to walk with God. Hey, I'm not going to take the easy road. It is so easy for us to take the easy road. It's so easy for us to say, hey, hey, I'm going to quit. Uh, I'm going to give up. I'm not, I'm not going to go uh, all the way. I, I was reading this week concerning the apostles. According to tradition, I'm going to give you real quick how the apostles died. These are the men that were with Jesus. These are the men that spent three and a half years with Jesus. How cool it would have been, all right? But I don't think it would have been cool to go out this way. Matthew was slain with a sword in a distant city of Ethiopia. Mark died at Alexandria. And again, this is according to tradition, having been cruelly dragged through the streets of that city. Luke was hanged upon an olive tree in Greece. John was put in a cauldron of boiling oil, but escaped death in a miraculous manner and was afterward exiled to Patmos. Peter was crucified at Rome with his head downward. James the Less was thrown from a lofty pinnacle of the temple, then beaten with a club. Bartholomew, Nathaniel, was flayed alive. Angie was bound to a cross when he preached to his persecutors until he died. Philip was tied up in a sack and cast into the sea. One one tradition says, Thomas was run through the body with a lance in the East Indies. Jude was shot to death with arrows. Matthias was first stoned and then beheaded. Barnabas of the Gentiles was stoned to death by the Jews. Paul, after various tortures and persecutions, was beheaded at Rome by the emperor Nero. And you think about these guys, and you think about the word that got to them about somebody else. And you think they kept on keeping on. You see, what does it take to stop us? Often it's so little because we have so many modern comforts and conveniences in this world. I've been encouraged as we've interacted with our missionaries through video and, and right here to see the extent that individuals, Sam Sandlin this morning, you know, they're in Cameroon and a co-worker gets shot and killed. They come back, they regroup, they refocus, and now they're back there on the other side. That's dedication. That's a determination to say, hey, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. And the same with the disciples. We're not going to quit. It could have been a whole lot easier had they quit. And then number three, not only expect difficulty, don't quit. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
Verse 38 is the phrase, of whom the world was not worthy. If you go to verse number 39, and these all having obtained a good report through faith. They received a good report. Remember when you got a report card? I don't know how it is now. It's probably online somewhere. And uh, when I was a kid, they give you the report card. And the worst thing about that report card was you had to bring it back with your parents' signature on it. Oh. And so, uh, you know, I always tried to, if it was good, I was here. Hey, my report card. If there were some challenges, and I had some challenges, not, not necessarily as much with the grades, but those comments on the back. <laughs> Any of you with me? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, the grades wasn't too hard. You know, if you get a bad grade, I didn't get any F's or nothing. But those comments on the back is what killed me, you know. Dan was rambunctious in school again, you know, or whatever. I know that's hard for you to believe that I, little old me, (laughs) could do anything wrong in school. Uh, We had a good time in school. But the approval of my friends, it didn't matter. You know, what I wanted was for mom and dad to get that report card. And say, hey, good job. And sign their name and take it back in. You know, the reality is you're not going to stand before another human being when you get to heaven. You know, you say your co-workers sometimes can be intimidating, and they can. People here on this planet can be very intimidating. But the reality is someday you're going to stand before God as an individual. You and God. You see, we've got to keep that on the forefront of our mind. We have to live with eternity's values in view. You see, serving the Lord is worth it here, and it's also worth it there. We think concerning believers here on earth, and I don't think that the world at large understands the value of having believers here on this planet that often hold back the judgment of God. Someday we're going to be raptured out of here, right? And everything's going to be a mess. See, it's a mess now. It's not a mess like it will be. You see, we're strangers and pilgrims in this world. And there's a lot of stuff that happens that we don't understand. There's a lot of things that happen and we think, why, I wish judgment would come on this situation. Why can't I see judgment? We're not God. God deals with things in His time and in His way. And sometimes we think, well, I wish this circumstance would be a little bit different. The reality is we've got to get our eyes off of people. We've got to get our eyes off of circumstances. And we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we need to keep believing Him no matter what. Because what we want to hear from Him is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What God wants us to do, He wants us to be a faithful steward with what He has given us. It's easy to look at someone else and say, Well, that guy has more influence. That guy has more money. That guy has more. Forget about that guy. Jesus told Peter in John 21. Peter said, what about John? And Jesus said, forget about John. You do what I've called you to do. And as individuals, we'll stand before God. And I'll tell you this, the greatest thing in all the world is to have your heavenly Father to say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Stay at it. Keep believing God. 
keep your eyes on him. He is worthy. He is worthy of our love, of our service, of our sacrifice. Francis Havergill wrote this hymn, and I want to close, just read you some of this. I gave my life for thee. My precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be and raised up from the dead. I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? The third stanza says this, I've suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell, of bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I've borne, I've borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? I've borne it all for thee. What hast thou borne for me? Lord Jesus left a perfect heaven to come to this wicked, sin-cursed earth to die on Calvary's cross in our place. The last stanza says, And I have brought to thee down from my home above salvation full and free, my pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought to me? All that he's done for us. He is worthy of our love, our service, and our trust. Life's challenging. Life's difficult. But I tell you this, you look in this book, it's always been difficult. It's always been a challenge. And sometimes when I look at my life and I compare my life with people in this book, especially the latter part of Hebrews 11, I think, I'll take my life, thank you. I'll take the challenges that I have in my life. You know what? We have it way easier than these that the world was not worthy. And yet sometimes, very quickly, we don't believe him no matter what. And our no matter what is small compared to their no matter what. May God help us. As Job said, God, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. It's a decision that you have to make for you and you only. Lord, thank you for Hebrews 11. Lord, thank you for the description of these 